0: This message is from Living Rock Church, and we trust you'll be really equipped, envisioned, and encouraged as you listen today. Who of you on earth agree about anything they ask for? It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Where two or three gather, there's a, 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 there's a few hundred in this room. I made sure I brought three with me, just in case. But I want to let you know that Christ is present in the room right now. And he doesn't need to wait for the special moment in order to do ministry. You know, Wherever you are right now, whatever you need right now, if, you're, if you are open your heart to his presence, then he can begin to administer and minister to you in a way that you need to be ministered to because he's present here this morning Uh, James Aubrey uh, who has an office just down the corridor from me he came to me a little while ago and he said you know that scripture that you keep using that that scripture in Matthew 18 verse 19 and 20 I said yes I've been preaching on this scripture for a long time now he said it means to come together and symphonize into one piece he's good with words is James Yeah. Um, and I liked it when he said that because I can see that. I, and, and I saw the church as this great orchestra with each person in his own important and, in, and unique part coming together. And the sound that we made together, the, 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 the symphony that we played together was the agreement of heaven on the earth. The disciples once asked Jesus to teach them how to pray and Jesus began by saying this to them in, uh, in Matthew 6, uh, verse 9. He says, this then is how you should pray. He said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's will be done on earth as in, it is in heaven. That's the agreement of together. Yeah. That's the symphony that we make. As it is in heaven, so shall it be on the earth. I want to let you know there is no sin in heaven. I also want to let you know that there's no sickness in heaven. So when we pray for people, we're not praying for them to be well because we feel they should be well. The enemy loves you to pray out of a place of emotion. Because there's no power in emotion. But when we pray for you today, when the church pray for you today, I might get to pray for one or two of you, but I want to let you know, healing will come through many hands yeah, today. Right. Uh, but when we pray for you, we're going to pray for you because the prayer is the right way of the kingdom of God. Yes,
1: it is.
0: And that's very different because that means everybody can pray. Yes. Everybody can come together and pray together. We can agree that as it is in heaven, Father, so let it be on the earth. It doesn't matter how you got sick, it doesn't matter why you are sick. It doesn't matter how long you have been sick. It doesn't matter how bad it looks. The symphony of the kingdom of God is always health in spirit, in mind, and in body. So while he is present with us today, I want you to trust his word because there is power in everything he asks us to do. Okay? It's about it's, uh, taking off your human perspectives and putting on heaven's, heaven's goggles, okay, this morning. He's present, he's ministering to you right now, and if you begin to feel pain leaving your body, or you feel change, anybody begin to give thanks to him for what he has begun to do in you, and we'll have testimony at the end of the finished work with you. So I told you I was in Gilman um, just recently, and uh, if you don't, you probably you might not know, know about Gilman. Gilman's, Gil, if you eat corn, it comes from Gilman, All right? The fields are miles and miles and miles and miles and miles miles long. One field that can take you 20 minutes to drive past, just one field, and it'd all be sweet corn. And uh, the other thing that they grow there is soybeans. And that's a very different crop, it's very low, so corn is high and soybeans is low. I should maybe, I should move to the countryside. (laughs) So one evening after the meeting, I was staying with a farmer, a farmer and his wife um, out on their farm. Uh, He suggested, he said, why don't we go for a walk out into the soybean field? And uh, he said, I believe there's a, a storm coming on the horizon. We may we'll be able to see the storm coming uh, in the distance. He said, uh, over here, it's a nice, nice, cl- nice uh, sky as well. So I said, yeah, sure, let's go. We'll, put, you know, we'll go for a walk. Now, I love living in a city. For one reason, at nighttime, it never gets dark. <laughs> I'm surrounded by this lovely orange glow <laughs> wherever I go. But out there in the countryside, I've never known darkness like it. We we walked away, and as we walked away from the farmhouse, the light that was lighting our way began to get dimmer, and we began to walk into this very, very dark place. And and then we got to the edge of the field, and we started walking into the field, and we walked five minutes, ten minutes into the darkness. I couldn't see him. I just could hear him crunching along. And then I began to think, because um, living in the city, we don't have many animals. (laughs) And now I'm stood in the middle of a soybean in Gilman, Illinois, and I'm wondering what's out there. So I, I said to my friend, um, "There must be something uh, that lives out here in the soybeans." He said, "Yeah, there's snakes. <laughs> said, snakes. Okay. Yeah," he said, uh, "There's snakes." And uh, he said, "There's coyotes as well." I mean, coyotes. What's a coyote? He said, "It's like a it's like a wild dog. And they come in packs and they hunt in the fields." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> wild dogs." Okay, he said, "Of course." He says, the biggest thing that we have in the, in the fields at the moment are the bobcats. I went, what's a bobcat? He said, you don't want to know what a bobcat is because they have no problem in coming and attacking you. And uh, they've got fierce fangs and fierce claws. And I'm thinking, snakes, coyotes and bobcats, oh my. <laughs> snakes, coyotes and bobcats, oh my. I'm, I'm beginning to get a little bit panicky as we stood there in the dark trying to enjoy a moment together. Because I don't know, I can't see anything. I can't even see him. But then suddenly, bam! The biggest noise I've ever, ever, ever heard. And it was as if all the lights in the universe suddenly switched on in this field as this great big bolt of lightning lit up above our head. And I could see absolutely everything. Everything that was hidden in darkness was suddenly exposed. And I was like... Yes, there are nothing except for lightning and I've stood in the middle of the field but there's nothing else that can get me. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Everything that was hidden in darkness was suddenly something that I could handle. It was something that I could manage. I was no longer afraid of what was in the dark and actually what was in the dark was nothing at all. It was just all in my mind. Turn with me if you will to John chapter 1. If I broke the speaker, I'm terribly sorry. It says this in John chapter 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has already been created. Life was in him. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And yet the darkness could not overcome it. There are two powers at work in the world. On the one side, do you like pantomime? You do? What happens when the bad guy comes on? And when the good guy comes on? All right i just keeping you awake, keeping you moving, okay? All right, get ready with your booze and your arms. Okay, on the one side is the dominion of darkness. <laughs> His power is ruled, this power is ruled by Satan. And he has a vast army of humans and demons at work in it. <gasps> I said demons. Yeah, they're real. Mm. In fact, because of sin, the word tells us that every human born is born into darkness. And we live our lives not knowing any different. We don't know we live in darkness until we meet somebody who illuminates our life with the truth. My prayer for you this morning is that you know and meet the truth. Some of the hallmarks of darkness are things like sickness and disease, demonic control and affliction, fear And hatred, immorality, injustice, greed, selfishness, and death. And you know what? You don't need to look very far in the world to see all those things at work. Just switch your telly on this afternoon or go and buy a newspaper on the way home. um, Or go and talk to your next door neighbour. Or maybe go and have a look in the mirror. But this darkness, uh, good news, smiley face. This darkness is destined for complete and utter destruction. And everything that is in darkness is raging because it knows that its time is up. Okay? In the Chinese there's a Chinese book called The Art of War, and it says this that when an enemy is backed into a corner and it is defeated, it will throw everything that it has at you because it has nothing left to lose. In John 10:10 10, 10 says this that the enemy comes to steal. To kill and destroy. He's got absolutely nothing left to lose. The enemy is backed into the corner and you need to know that his time is up. Because the other power that's at work in the world is the power of the kingdom of heaven. Well done. The few of you are still there. This kingdom is also known as the kingdom of God or the kingdom of light. And some of the hallmarks, just some of the hallmarks of this kingdom... Are righteousness, peace, joy, deliverance, forgiveness, health, healing, and even eternal life. Yes. Wow, that's a, that's a kingdom that I am a part of, and that's a kingdom that you should be a part of with what it's offering. It sounds really, really good. And Jesus, we've sang about him this morning, he is the king of the kingdom of heaven. He is the one that we spoke about in John chapter 1. It's all about him. Before he came into the world, the world was completely... uh, Well, darkness had the monopoly, if you like, on the world. And everybody was living in this unconscious position. Darkness. A few were illuminated along the way that that there was somebody going to come that was going to rescue them, but the world just lived and was ruled in darkness. But then God came. Jesus came. The light off the world came and he was like a permanent lightning bolt that illuminated humanity is illuminating it still today to their predicament yeah. we need help yes. jesus came and you'll find when you read the bible um, that he pretty much preached only one message he came and preached things like the kingdom of heaven has come yeah. he preached the message saying the kingdom of heaven is near The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And as he was doing that, as he talked, as he talked with these stories, and as he described the kingdom of heaven, each one of those statements that he made were violent declarations against the dominion of darkness. For the people who were listening, they were like, wow, this is incredible. But to darkness, they were terrified of what was going to happen, because Jesus had come to declare war. Pure and simple. I love that Jesus didn't just talk a talk. Yeah, right. He walked a walk yeah. as well. Um, he just took the fight to Satan, and he won every single time. And um, I was reading Mark's gospel um, on, the, uh, on a journey somewhere recently. I was just reading at the very beginning how, how Jesus, when he arrived, he was baptized, uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And it says, the Holy Spirit drove him into the wilderness in the car. And he got there, and while he was there, he was there for 40 days and 40 nights. And it says, and he was tempted by Satan and he overcame. And then he came back into town and it said the first thing that he did he went along to the church the synagogue the place where he was going to talk and it says this uh, in in Mark's gospel chapter 1 verse 22 it says Jesus went into the synagogue and he began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority not as those who were teachers of the law. Just then a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Yeah. And Jesus spoke and said, Be quiet. And he said it sternly Be quiet. Shut your mouth. Come out of him. And the impure pure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what's this? Yes. A new teaching and with authority. Yeah. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly um, over the whole region of Galilee. Darkness cannot remain hidden when light is present and, is, and it is revealed at uh, the instant that Jesus comes in. In the opening chapter of Mark's gospel, the enemy has to speak the truth when he's being exposed in the church. Yeah. And he, in the opening chapter, he exposes the position of all of darkness. He knows that he's backed into the corner. He knows that he's been beaten. He's been beaten, and it hasn't changed yeah. today. Wherever light is, darkness has to flee. Okay? Jesus came to advance the kingdom of God, to illuminate the lie and set everybody free. Darkness, that spirit, news must have traveled. Jesus had just been in the wilderness. He beat Satan. Satan had gone back to his domain. Man, we're in trouble. Jesus cannot be tempted. In fact, he just beat me. Demons aren't stupid things. They talk to one another. By the time Jesus got back to town, the demon in the town knew what had happened to Satan in the wilderness. Have you come to destroy us now? be quiet, come out of him. The enemy was beat in the beginning, he's beaten in the middle, and he's going to be beat at the end, and the thing is, he knows it, right? The kingdom of God is on the advance. It's on the advance. Jesus, Jesus' word uh, was also backed up with action. Where there was demonic control, he cast it out to advance the kingdom of God. Where there was sickness, he spoke to it, he laid hands on it, he commanded it, and he healed it. To advance the kingdom of God. And he brought healing with him. And where there was death. He even refused to let that stop him. Yeah. When his best friend died. He hung about for a couple of days. And then he went to show it who's boss. And raised the dead. All for one purpose. To advance the kingdom of God. And you know what? It's in the Bible.
1: Yeah.
0: It's all good stuff. Yeah. You know, I love it. Um, he came to declare. That the kingdom of heaven has come. And he set about calling everybody who is in darkness to come out and to join him. And he is still doing that today. Yes,
1: that's right.
0: You can read an awful lot of bad stuff that's in the news. Um, there's, there's terrible things going on in the world today. Darkness is being over-promoted today. Because I want to let you know that the kingdom of God is seeing the greatest harvest of souls that has ever been seen at any other time in history. Because time is coming to its end. Darkness is railing against the victory that is about to appear in this time. The kingdom of God is on the advance into every area and into every nation, into every community, and the sons of God are beginning to manifest the signs of the kingdom in greater proliferation than at any other time in history as well. That was completely off the thing. Well, thank you, Lord. That was good. I like that. I'll have the tape. But darkness is being destroyed absolutely everywhere that it goes and it will continue to be destroyed everywhere. Jesus has commanded you and he's commanded me to go into the world, to make disciples. He's called us to go and call people out of darkness, to be the light, to illuminate people to their predicament and to invite them to come and join us on this journey of advancement into eternal life. That's why if you are in darkness today, you need to come out. Because I want to let you know that everything that is in darkness is destined for destruction. Therefore, I don't want anybody, human, left in darkness. The Lord wants them out of darkness and into light because darkness is destined for destruction. You need to come out. You need to leave behind your behaviors, your old habits, your lusts, your thoughts, You need to leave behind the language and your actions. And you need to join the kingdom of light. Because darkness is destined for defeat. When a light bulb is connected to the power source, who wins? Light or dark? Light. Light Light wins every time. And that's how it is in the kingdom of heaven. Every one of us has been born into darkness. None of us could get out by ourselves. Sin and darkness has complete and utter control of our life. You know, just being a good person isn't going to get you set free. Paying your taxes, paying your bills, having a nice lawn, you know, looking doing a good job, it's not going to get you out of the kingdom of darkness. Just turning up at church and enjoying the meeting and singing the songs and going back home and living your, your life, it's not going to get you out of darkness. Going on a holy war isn't going to get you set free. Okay? Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one can come out, no one can come to the Father except through me. And Jesus came and he stood and he still stands in that doorway to eternal life right now. And he calls you and he calls me to come out of darkness and into his kingdom. And the good news is this, if you accept him, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you've done. He will accept you. He will forgive you absolutely and completely. He will never, ever leave you. He'll never, ever let you down. And he promises if you come out, if you join with him, he will change your life for the better. There is nothing in your life that cannot be overcome by the power of Christ in your life. He wants to give you eternal life this morning. That's what we'd love to preach, Father. He wants to give us eternal life this morning. And I want to let you know that the kingdom of heaven is near to you this morning. It is near to you in this place. It is near to you right now. You're to come out. And I know this because the signs of the kingdom follow them that believe. You know? Some Christians talk about signs and wonders like they're things to be cherished um, uh, uh, or uh, polished like uh, they're the, the trophies to get. you know, They go to big conferences to experience the signs and the wonders. But the signs and the wonders yeah. of the kingdom of God are actually weapons in the hands of the believer because yeah. they point to God and they destroy darkness. Amen. Did you know that healing is the weapon against sickness? Yes. Did you know that words of faith are the weapons against deliverance? Yeah. Yes. Did you know that love conquers death? Grace destroys hate. All these things, you think, wow, these things are weapons? Yeah, and if you believe that they're weapons, you can use them as weapons too. And we use unconventional weapons in an unconventional war. And we're in the midst of a great and final battle. Don't go to sleep, church. Wake up to what's around you. At the resurrection of Christ, the war against the dominion of darkness was won. Death was no longer uh, the end for humanity, no longer the end. Because death had been defeated by Jesus, right? But the battles, battles for you, the battles of the mind, the battles for life, they, they are the victories that still remain in existence that we, the the, the, the church, are to overcome and complete. Um, I, I've, I've used this analogy a few times, but I read that during World War II, um, when the Allied forces... Um, uh, did their uh, D-Day they declared war uh, they declared that the battle or the end of the war they declared victory of the war uh, of the second world war but there were battles that continued to rage right the way across Europe for 11 months as the allies advanced across and cleared up the pockets of resistance and dealt with an enemy that didn't really want to admit that it had been beaten Jesus, I want to let you know, has won the war He came and he declared war and declared that his kingdom has come. And through the cross of Calvary, he has planted the victory flag. You can look to that that cross as the victory flag. And through the resurrection, because he is alive, he now commands us to go and finish the job. And that's what I'm doing. And that's what he asks you to do. And we're to do it in the same way that he did. Living Rock, please hear the word. There will be more signs and wonders, more miracles and healing, more testimonies of deliverance and restoration when you use what you've been given to forcefully advance the kingdom of God. Testimonies of salvation, testimonies of healing, these are the victory stories of the kingdom of heaven. But when we hear the stories, when we hear these testimonies of victory, We can't afford to go, yay, we've seen somebody healed. Let's live on that forever. You can't stay still. You've got to continue to move forward. You've got to continue to advance. It's great to have a healing. It's great to have a miracle. It's great to have a salvation. We give thanks for all those things, but we must advance. We must move forward. We must take ground. And if you are complacent, you will be taken by an enemy who would love for you to stop doing what you're doing. I was reminded um, there was a time in, uh, in, in Israel's journey in the Old Testament um, where they had entered into the promised land of God. They'd entered into this promised land. And um, they'd been commanded by God to take the land. They'd been commanded to go into all the world and make it theirs and to destroy all the enemies of God. God's promise to Israel was this, that as they went and did this, he would go with them day after day, and uh, he would uh, give them the victory over every enemy that they faced. Remember I said you use unconventional weapons in an unconventional war, and and in the Old Testament you can read that Israel was certainly using unconventional weapons in an unconventional war. They brought down the walls of Jericho just by singing some songs, all right? Wherever they went with God, whatever enemy they faced, they won because they were with God. But Israel became complacent. They became distracted by the cultures of the world rather than fixing their eyes on establishing the rule of the kingdom and the culture of the kingdom in the land that God had given them. Eventually they took up worshipping the idols of their enemies and they became comfortable in their promised land. Oh, you know, these guys aren't so bad. We'll just accept what they believe. They're nice. We'll get along with them, okay? The victories that they had over their enemies, uh, they just became stories in, in history, and uh, they were no longer a present thing for them. Yeah. God yeah. had not changed in his mission. His goal was still to take the land, but the people had changed, and they had become complacent. Yes. And you know what happened? The enemy took advantage of, Of the people straight away first they started fighting with israel and they won yeah second of all when israel got tired of fighting and losing um, they began to plant their crops in the field but when they saw the enemies come in they would all run away and go and hide in some caves and what would happen was they would produce these wonderful harvests and the enemies would say right let's go and move into israel's turf and so israel would run away and they would hide into the cave and the enemies would just move on with their families and all the livestock into the land and just devour everything that the people of God had, had worked for. But they didn't change. The enemies took advantage. And when they would come out of the caves, everything that they'd worked so hard for would be utterly ruined. Yeah. Um, and the enemy left absolutely nothing left for them. The thief came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Christians, you and I, have been called out of darkness and into light. We have entered into a promised land, and we've been told to advance the kingdom of God until every enemy is beneath the feet of Jesus. And yet in many areas, the church has conformed to the ways of the world. They're submitting to the cultures of the day, and the enemy is is having a field day devouring everything that the church has worked so hard for. Some Christians have lost their identity and their purpose. They ask questions like, why are we here? Where are we going? What should we do? They look at the stories in the books. They look at the stories over what God has done in the past, and they sit in the cave while the enemy goes and devours all the work of the land that's been done before, and they say, Oh, church isn't like the good old days. Yeah, that's, right. that's not what the sons of God are called to do. That's not what you have been called to be like. There was a young man in Israel. His name was Gideon. He was the youngest man, listen up, youth. He was the youngest man of the weakest clan in Israel. At least that's how he saw himself, and that's how Israel saw themselves weak. He was hiding from the enemy one day, and he was trying to make some flour, and the angel of the Lord came to see him. And it says this in Judges 6, verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? When they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? but now the Lord has abandoned us and given us over to the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the enemy's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. Pardon me. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least of my family. And the Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, all of the enemy, leaving no one alive at all. Gideon was like a hiding Christian. He believed that he was powerless against the enemy. He thought the Lord had abandoned him, but that was not the truth, and that is not the truth. The Lord was always with them when they were on the advance. The Lord was always with them when they were taking ground, and history had told them that. When the Lord greeted him and said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior, he wasn't doing a wonderful miracle and changing a a weakling into a warrior. He was just calling the young man what he is. He was declaring that he is a mighty warrior. And the Lord called him and said, go and do what you've got to do. Gideon just had to wake up to the reality. And he did, and you can read all about his exploits of Gideon, the victories that he had in your own time. But it started with him waking up to the mission that God had first set. Church, you've got to wake up to the mission that God has set for us. The mission has not changed. The kingdom of God that Jesus came to establish and forcefully advance is still the mission of the church today. And these are the signs that will follow them that believe. They will cast out demons in the name of Jesus. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle, uh, handle snakes safely or things like that safely. Um, they will be able to drink anything poisonous and it will not harm them. And they will place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. God says to you, the Lord speaks to you, wake up, mighty warrior. Go into the world. Make disciples. Put every enemy to the sword. And I will go with you and strike them down day after day. Wake up, Living Rock Church. It's Time to go on the advance. It's time to use the weapons of the kingdom to advance his kingdom. And the Lord will go with you day after day after day. History tells me this, that God always wins. Jesus has shown us how to win. And now you've heard how you are. To win, I'm going to ask us uh, in a moment just to stand. But before we do that, um, uh, Rich, do you want to get some, uh, have a little plinky plink time in a minute? Can we sing that song that we last sang at the end during Can when we m- That one, yeah. Not straight away though, just for a moment. Just want you to just, if you'll just bow your heads just for one moment, please. The kingdom of God is the kingdom that will win and is winning in every area the Lord has called you out of darkness, he came to set you free and so I'm giving you uh, an opportunity to come out of darkness right now, the Lord will accept you just as you are I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, Um, I want to ask you this question though, will you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour And if you're willing to do that, will you raise your hand and indicate to me that you are accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior? One of my friends will come and pray for you uh, when we worship in a little while. But you have an opportunity right now to come out of darkness and into light. Everything that remains in darkness is destined for destruction. You have an opportunity to come into life and light right now. So if that's you, don't be afraid, don't be embarrassed. Just give me a, a wave of your hand thanks for listening today for more information about Living Rock Church and for more great teaching visit www.livingrockchurch.org.uk